brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Screen Heroes, your film and TV podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. I am your regular host, Derek, and I have with me my two lovely co-hosts, Ryan. Hi. And Ray. Hello. Hello, hello. And we are here this week for our 25th anniversary review of Stallone's Judge Dredd from 1995. And we are also going to talk some entertainment news. So we'll go ahead and start with the news segment of today's thing. Um, (laughs) Just to kind of get it out of the way, Disney made kind of a, a big announcement, at least big for covid times the mulan live action remake is going to be released directly to disney plus in order to view it however not only will you need disney plus but you will also have to spend 29.99 to rent the film um we've done some polls on this so i'm going to bring those up here while we're talking to kind of get some opinions but guys from your perspectives how do you feel about this plan So I don't think there's anything wrong with it from a business standpoint. They got to make their money back on the movie and they have been sitting on it for like seven, eight months now. But I also don't feel like it's for me. So I'm going to wait until it's either fully on Disney Plus to see it or I'll buy the Blu-ray when it comes out. One or the other. It's kind of a shame because Mulan is probably one of my favorite, maybe my, maybe my favorite Disney movie is right up my alley. Um, you know, lots of martial arts and cool cultural things, but um, I can't bring myself to spend $30 on it. That's more than I would spend to go to the movie theater with me and a date. Uh, so I, I can't justify that at all. It's definitely seems to be geared more towards families rather than uh, you know, people that are not uh, have, coexisting with multiple people. So, 
I don't know. I don't think, I think we're all pretty much on the same page on this one. It's not really an option that either any of us are interested in, I think. Yeah. And uh, just for some context, it's also, you know, Disney is by far not the first of the production companies to go this kind of route during the pandemic. However, they are the most expensive. Uh, so far, the other companies have gone with the 1999 price point and no other subscription service required. Here, not only do you need Disney+, Plus, which is on the more affordable side of streaming services, but then it's another $10 more on top of that 1999 that other companies are spending. So it's not the best look. So I asked uh, on Twitter and in our Facebook group if people were going to rent Mulan at that price tag. So on Twitter, uh, we had 63% said no, and 21% said maybe. So that left us with just 16% saying yes. Um, meanwhile, on the Facebook side of things, this is in our Screen Heroes Facebook group that you can join, please do. And we, we talk about lots of cool stuff, uh, including things like this. Um, in this case, we had uh, not like a ton of votes. It was kind of a quick poll here, but 32 said no. And four said maybe with nobody saying yes and we ended up with 55 comments so a lot of people wanted to talk about it and maybe they hadn't made up their minds quite yet um but i don't think the three of us are in the minority either at least not with the core groups that the demographic that listens to this show anyway um so i guess we'll see i think my my take on this and i'm sure you guys you know i assume you guys probably agree with this too but tell me if you don't they're going to use this to gauge if they're going to do something similar with black widow um, oh yeah yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Like both both films had a budget, including marketing. Both films had an estimate on their box office haul. And I'm sure they're going to look at Mulan's and say, well, this is how much we brought in on the Disney Plus rentals based on that per, you know percentage with Black Widow. Here's what we would anticipate that we make green light or not. Um, so I guess something could be said about that. And the, the big difference for me between those two films is like, I, I know what happens for the most part in Mulan, right? We have you know, the history and we also have the animated film to go off of. Uh, we also have a big difference between that and Black Widow because not just spoilers, but I have actually seen every MCU film in theaters and the idea of missing this one, even op you know release weekend, so to speak, for streaming is something i'm not super excited about about doing so i feel more pressure to pay for black widow i don't know about you guys i think if black widow was like half the price that mulan was is doing then i'd be that'd be a no-brainer for me i mean i like the theater experience but i've never been like so convinced that i have to see something in a theater I, i'm a homebody so if i can watch it at home for 15 bucks i'm okay with that it's not a movie theater screen but that's not nearly as important to me as it is to a lot of other people so um, but 30 bucks, even for Black Widow, is tough. It's more likely than Mulan for me personally, but I mean, that's still a lot of money. Yeah, I agree. I probably would pull the trigger on Black Widow, but I'm also not going to be too thrilled about it, especially if it turns out being, you know, not what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, realistically, what this is going to do is put is make a big push towards torrenting. Yeah, and people are gonna uh, pirate things. You know, it's that has definitely increased since every network has their own streaming service now. It makes it hard. I mean, yeah, it's, it's you know we all wanted to get away from cable packages, 
when you know they started doing these streaming services and then you're back to where everything's a cable package again yeah and uh the only difference is stuff has a higher budget that's literally the only difference stuff has a higher budget yeah and you get a little more control over specifically what you get i think I mean, do you though? Cause like, I feel like in order for me to watch the shows I want, I still basically have to sign up for everything, you know, like I'm missing shows if I don't sign up for a ser- their service, right? Like, um, Jason Momoa has a new show on Apple TV plus that I'm never really going to watch because I'm not signing up for Apple TV plus or, um, you know, I guess Peacock doesn't really have a lot coming out. That's new that I'm interested in. So maybe they're an outlier. You know, um, but you look at, you know, DC Universe has, you know, was at the time was the only ones with, with Doom Patrol or Titans. That was the only way you could watch that content, you know? Um, so it is just kind of back to, you have to have everything and it just costs just as much, but at least the stuff is higher production value. I don't know. I was more talking about in the sense that like when you get a cable package, you know, they package a bunch of crap that you don't want in with it. And uh, in this case, at least if you get DCU, then you're getting DC content and that's what you want, right? That's the reason you get it. You don't have, you know, ESPN and, uh, you know, a movie channel tossed tossed in all. So it's just, you know, you get that. And so the price point tends to be a little lower, I think, because of that. But yeah, it's stupid and it's really annoying. I mean, I get what Disney is doing, but I'm not choosing not to support that in that way and they do track torrents and things like that too so i mean they track the number of people pirating these things so you know they're going to see exactly what's happening that's my prediction is that it's going to be a very especially on black widow if they do at the same price it's going to be a very very high uh percentage that's illegally acquired Mm -hmm. yeah no i'm with you there i mean i love the theater experience too you know especially some of the really nice options that we have out here, the Dolby screens, the electric recliners, it's all pretty amazing. I don't even have any kind of surround sound in my house, let alone Dolby. Um, But I will say this, I don't have to worry about whether or not to say something to the person down the aisle who won't keep their phone off. That's a huge plus. (laughs) So uh, I guess. And if you want to talk to the person you're with, you can, you know, without worrying about it, or you can check your cell phone. Yeah, Derek actually appreciates my commentary a lot more at home than he does in the theater. I get dirty looks in the theater, and I like here I get like begrudging chuckles. So you can't pause the theater, all right? And I don't, I don't want to ruin our experience or anybody else's for that matter. Because look, theaters are expensive. They are. That's just the way it is. And at home, I can pause it. I can roll it back. Even if it's a rental like this, we at least have some mm-hmm. flexibility there. So I'm much more willing. That uh, when you go to the theater, it's not just the movie that you're paying for. It's the entire experience from the moment you step in to the moment you leave. So it, there is something kind of special about it. Talking and disrupting things is not okay, usually. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, thinking about these experiences and the price point and everything, it's, it's kind of tough because you know, Dolby might be like 15 bucks a person, depending on, on where you live. Um, but it's a massive screen with incredible quality, incredible sound, great seats. We have a non-reclining couch with an eight-year-old uh, TV that's not 4K with no no external speakers hooked up. Well, that's not true. We have a sound bar, um, you know, and so like it's not the same experience. I don't want to pay the same amount for those two experiences. You know what I mean? Does that make I mean, I, I know you guys agree. Um, so 
I don't know what that price point would need to be. Like I'm told, I, I'm probably going to spend the 1999 to watch Bill and Ted face the music because I, I like those movies and I'm looking forward to seeing it, but um, I feel like I'd have to love those movies to spend that price point. I mean, yeah. Bill and Ted is not one that I'm like that even, even uh black widow and wonder woman are, you know, if wonder woman did the same thing, I, I would still have a hard time with $20 and I like those more than I like Bill and Ted. So I'm not excited about it by any means and maybe it's because we've had this drought of movies that we've been able to see that i feel a little more interested to do that for some of these because i mean the last new movie i saw was birds of prey back in february when you know the three of us seen new movies like a couple times a month most of the time so um but that's that anything else you guys want to add to that topic no i think we hit it all before we move on to the next topic, though, I do want to bring it up that I found my Insaniac toy. You guys can see it. It fell down right off of Castle Grayskull in the Aww. back there um, nice. right before the show started. So I wasn't lying <laughs> that I have my original Insaniac from Small Soldiers. I believe if you're you, listening. Was... These are the kind of things you miss not watching the live stream. That's right. Yeah, we live stream this in our Facebook group every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, Facebook.com slash groups slash Screen Heroes. And I'm jealous because... I love small soldiers. All right. Um, next topic on the list. Let's let's talk Ninja Turtles. Let's talk Ninja Turtles. Let's talk Ninja Turtles. So what is this? We're getting another Ninja Turtles reboot. Is this live action? Is it animated? Well, What's this, this that, that's not the news. The, the, that, that was news that came out, I mean, a couple months ago, I think it was. Seth Rogen is, is producing or directing or has some involvement. I don't even know. It's an animated movie. But there hasn't been a lot out on it. But then today, an interview uh, with him was released, and he described why what he thinks is going to be different about his Ninja Turtles movie. And I'll just go ahead and read you guys the quote here. As a lifelong fan of Ninja Turtles, <coughs> is that what his laugh sounds like? I can't remember. Uh, Something like that. Accurate. That was intense. Okay. Uh, weirdly, the teenage part of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was always the part that stuck out to me the most. And as someone who loves teenage movies and has made a lot of teenage movies and who literally got their start in their entire profession by writing a teenage movie, the idea of kind of honing in on that element was really exciting to us. I mean, not disregarding the rest, but really using that as kind of a jumping off point for the film. Thoughts? Well, I mean, they're, aren't they always portrayed in that way? I don't think that's how he necessarily, I think he means it like that's going to be the lead, like that's the, not the fact that they're turtles or ninjas. So it's going to be a coming of age story. That's what it sounds like. But I mean, this is, think of the movies that are coming of age stories that this particular person has done. I mean, this is obviously going to have to be different. I mean, is it? Because we'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced. I don't know. I, I don't really know what, what to take away from that. Right. You've got, you've got a face. Oh, uh, well, yeah. She always has a face technically, I, but I have always had a face. Oh, I don't know. I am not a fan of Seth Rogen's writing or his directing, you know. So I'm not really looking forward to that. A new Ninja Turtles would be a lot of fun for me. And I would give it a chance because it's a property that I really love. But, you know, his stoner comedy and misogynistic comedy it's just not for me 
That's fair. I mean, I, I definitely worry. Um, you know, the, yeah. the, I, I do enjoy some of his movies. Um, but I don't know that they definitely or that they necessarily suit the tone to Ninja Turtles. And I'm not sure how they can adapt that because most of his comedy is based off of sexual situations, um, drug usage, things like that. Um, yeah. which might work for other teenage movies that are rated R or whatever, but I don't think they're going to get away with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that's full of, you know, boob jokes and and pot. Yeah. So. I mean, they were making, like, erection jokes in the Michael Bay ones. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, they were, and those were not, like, super critically acclaimed either. It's. Yeah, I'm no, worried no. things just go downhill instead of right. up instead. Fair yeah. enough. I mean, at least he won't do worse in terms of designing the design of the turtles. They can't be any worse than what we got. So, I've learned never to say that. <laughs> oh, I'm saying that if they want to take that as a challenge, then I mean that's fine. As a turtles fan, if if they made something worse than the way the nightmare faces looked, then I'd be happy to to add a new worst to the list and make those the you know the mediocre turtles. Well, the, Although the con- I think right now TMNT 3 is the middle ground. <laughs> it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The concept art for the Michael Bay ones, they, originally they were supposed to be aliens, not turtles. I remember. Right, I raged about that. I had several Facebook rants about that. Um, and the concept art I thought was was maybe even worse than what we ended up getting. Maybe it was pretty off the wall. Yeah, but anyway. Um, so speaking of other kind of uh like casting kind of of things, Craig Robinson is going to star in a new comedy series. He's also producing from the creators creators some of the creators of Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's going to be called Killing It. And it's going to be from Dan Gore, who is on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, as well as Luke Del Tradici. Tradici? Tradici? Tradici. Closest I got. If you know how to pronounce these things, please correct us. We yes, don't please. like mispronouncing names. Uh, so Michael Shore is not involved. Michael Shore, of course, is you know behind uh, Parks and Rec and The Good Place. But um, you know Dan Gore has done quite 
quite a bit. Uh, he also wrote on on Parks and Rec. And so uh, I like Craig Robinson a lot. Mm-hmm. The basis of the film is that he explores class. Uh, the show explores class, capitalism, and one man's quest to achieve the American dream, and also about hunting really big snakes. So I don't know exactly what that's gonna gonna be like, but it uh, it is a thing that that will be happening. So I uh, it's gonna be for Peacock. So there you go. I like I like him as an actor. I'm just not sure that he's a leading man, but I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Ray, what do you think? Are you looking forward to it? Are you curious about it? I adore Craig Robinson. He's incredibly talented. He can play the insane comedy role as well as the straight man, which we saw between his role on The Office as well as his role on uh, Parks and Rec. Or not Parks and Rec, excuse me, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I, I want to watch a sitcom from him. I'm hoping it does better than that Ghost Hunter show with him and Adam Scott. Is that That was unpleasant to watch. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, do we have any more news that you guys want to cover? I have one more piece I want to talk about, but you know, it's more of a downer, so I didn't want to... You should have thought about that earlier, Derek. Uh, so Wilford Brimley passed away this, this week. Uh, he was 85. He have a massive career, but, uh, from our audiences probably knew him from either cocoon or the thing, John Carpenter's the thing. Uh, but he was in just, um, a, a, a lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, he had kidney issues. So this appears to not be COVID related, but, uh, we thought it was, you know, worth mentioning, um, that, that he passed away this past week. He'd been, sick for a couple of months so that's obviously sad but he was also the face of diabetes that is true yeah a lot that's of probably how more people know him than either of the movies we mentioned he was also the face of quaker oats which i don't think i ever knew prior to his death because a lot of the articles are pointing that out but i don't think i knew that so then i think that's it for news uh what we, you know we've we've been talking about maybe doing some different types of segments on the show and stuff so i thought we would talk about what we've been watching recently and if anybody had anything they wanted to throw out and recommend to our listeners first of all it's not it for news i want to talk about ray park being a dick face oh geez yeah okay i think that's huge so he posted a video on his instagram of his wife going down on him and uh not him not him it wasn't him? Allegedly no. not him. Allegedly it was the person she was cheating with. Right. Got it. Okay. I apologize for that. My mistake. And we found out from our friend uh, Ian, who is on the Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Wars podcast, Echo Station. And it, it went down pretty fast because, you know, you can't really have that on Instagram. But then like his child comes out and says it was on purpose and to humiliate his mother and or his wife and then all this other stuff come out about how he's had a lot of alcohol issues and he's been abusive to them and in the end Disney has dropped him so even though like just recently they announced a Darth Maul show with Kira they said they're moving forward without him. So I will say that those are reports. Disney has not publicly said anything. 
I doubt they're going to publicly say something. I bet you anything they just cast somebody else. Possible. I just want to be clear that at this moment, we don't know for certainty that Disney is going with somebody else. But I think we can assume that it's likely. It's a little disappointing. He was an actor that I looked up to for a long time. He was, um, you know, there's not a lot of guys that are legitimate martial artists in Hollywood that do, you know, uh, their own stunts and and are just uh, somebody that you can look up to. And if you ever watch videos of him interacting with fans at conventions, uh, and things like that. He seemed like just a wonderful person. Um, so to hear these kind of things are heartbreaking. And, you know, I, uh, my, my thoughts and feelings go out to the family and the people that are affected by this and by his behavior. Um, his wife is, you know, cheating is a bad deal, but revenge porn is a much, much worse deal. Well, I mean, cheating is a moral situation, whereas revenge porn is now like completely illegal right so uh it's in in, in any case it's just a shitty thing to do for you know you have to be a pretty big piece of crap to do that um so you know it's it's disappointing and uh, you know knowing that somebody you looked up to was kind of a piece of shit and so yeah i mean as my thoughts are with the people that are affected by this yeah i echo all of that i don't really have anything else to add same here just crazy uh so we've been watching harley quinn (laughs) nice pivot (laughs) Thank thank you yeah so uh harley quinn dropped on hbo max we got rid of DC Universe a little while ago. We did, yes. Finally cut the cord on DCU? We, we've gone over this a couple of times. We have not had DCU since, like, December. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you still had, like, the year subscription was still running or whatever. Nope. Okay. No, we we, uh, we never actually renewed it. We went month to month to finish off Titan Season 2. And that was the end. And then that was it. Gotcha. Okay. I think we signed up. we signed up for one month. I think in April, just to watch the first season of Harlequin. I think so. We benched it all. <laughs> or was that last? That that would have been last year. That was last year. Yeah. It when was did last we watch year. it? I don't remember. Doesn't matter. It wasn't this year. It was last year for sure. <laughs> my my date. Anyway, season two lives up to season one. It's I'm having a lot of fun watching the show. Very good writing. The characters are fleshed out and they're moving forward in a logical way so it's i'm really hoping that it gets a season three yeah i mean it's it's wonderful it's it's one of those things that i wish the seasons were longer um but they're also so tight that there's not there's no fluff it's all just great it's so meta and it's just very self-aware and i really enjoy all of it The, the versions of these characters are so fun the more you you know DC, I think the more you can enjoy what they're what they're doing on this show. But it just it looks great. The actors are great. It's yeah. Please give me another season. I'm interested in in watching it. And I'm not a Harley Quinn fan, just based on the things that I've heard about it online and what you guys have said. So um, that's say that says something, I imagine. And uh, I from everything I've heard makes it sound like it's kind of like the way teen titans go gets its humor but like in an adult format so that makes me exciting or makes me excited for it so um the way like characters are portrayed and things like that is really like ridiculous versions of their comic book characters so yeah yeah, i'm definitely interested in checking it out 
It's completely self-aware and they hire voice actors that fit the characters, but that you're also not expecting like Ron Funches being the voice of King Shark gets me every time, you know, you figured he'd have this like huge deep voice and he doesn't. And it's still really wonderful. Spoiler alert. How? No, I can't be surprised by that. It's all on IMDb. Like, I King Shark and uh, and Bane are probably my two favorite characters in the in the show right now because mm-hmm. I just I love them. They're great. Um, and I will say the show is definitely for adults. It is very violent. Uh, lots of foul language too. It's not a kids' cartoon. Just to be clear on that, but it's great. <laughs> um. I will say if I had any constructive criticism, it's that the freaking end credit sequence needs to slow down. It moves so fast. I can never actually read any of it. And they bring in like fun side characters with uh, famous voice actors almost every episode. So I, I really wish they would just chill. So I didn't have to look that up. I could just read it when it's on screen. Mm -hmm. What about you, Ryan? You watching anything worth talking about? Well, I just finished umbrella Academy season two. Oh, damn. I really, really burned through it real quick. Um, I, I, I'm by my house, I'm by myself in my house for the, for, uh, you know, two weeks. So I'm trying not to be lonely, but, uh, and I'm filling my, that void with TV shows. Of course. And Umbrella Academy season two just happened to drop. Um, did you guys watch all of season one or no? Any of season one? I have watched part of season one. Oh, this is the this is the thing that's a sensitive subject between the two of you. It's, it? not it's, a, <laughs> it's a sensitive was, subject, there everybody. Was a misunderstanding. We have, there was a misunderstanding. Uh, anyway, uh, if you want, you can uh, at me on Twitter, and I'll give you the details. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a little weird. So if you don't know the Umbrella Academy story, like the whole all of season one is trying to prevent an apocalypse that's supposed to happen at a certain time and one of them is a time traveler so he knows the time and they're trying to stop it um so season two you think they would do something different but really they it's just another apocalypse that's followed followed them to a different time period um so that was probably the weakest part of the storytelling um i hope that if they do a season three that there's it's not the apocalypse of the season again because that's going to get really old but uh, the acting is great. The characters are much more fleshed out now than they were in season one. Uh, it's much more character driven and less action driven, which is something like this with Doom Patrol. It's something I really enjoy also, um, more, getting more character. Um, the, char- the actor that plays number five would be an amazing Damian Wayne, I've decided. If they ever cast yeah. Damian Wayne, he would be so good. He's like a 58-year-old, like he's supposed to be 58 years old, mm-hmm. but he looks like a 15-year-old because of time travel shenanigans. Um, so, it, he, yeah, he, he has a snarky attitude down. I think he would be great as that. But the soundtrack is uh, is amazing. I've talked to you guys a little bit about it, but it is really incredible. Uh, one of my favorite TV show soundtracks, period. Um, there is a playlist down on Spotify with all the songs from it, so... If anybody's interested it's not it doesn't have spoilers or anything in it so if you're worried about that it's just good music um in particular there's a really good Billie eilish cover in there uh well a cover of one of her songs sorry bad guy and it's an amazon prime show no it's a netflix it's show. a netflix show mm-hmm. sorry the boys is amazon prime the boys is amazon prime right. sorry that's not till next month yep yeah 
Sorry, too many, too many services. <laughs> yeah. We all watched Palm Springs. Yeah. Right. We all saw that. So that's the Hulu movie starring uh, Andy Samberg. I only watched it because of you guys, by the way. It was not even on my radar. I hadn't even heard of it. So. Oh. Okay. You should be proud of yourselves. Yeah. So it, st- <laughs> it stars Andy Samberg and then uh, the mom, the mom from How I Met Your Mother. I'm drawing a blank on her name. I can't believe I'm doing this. Christina uh, Malati. There you go. And it's Kristen. Kristen Milati, I apologize. And it's kind of like a slightly different take on the Groundhog Day time loop kind of concept, except being a good person isn't what gets you out of the loop, you know, kind of thing. Um, So no, you know, no in-depth details or anything, but what'd you guys think? It was a lot of fun. The time loop has become like a small genre of itself. But no matter what you do, it always gets compared to Groundhog Day. And I thought this one did a good enough job to stand apart from it. It's it's not, you know, ethical or metaphysical. There's no existential conversations about it. It's just a really good romantic comedy. Yeah, I think I would have been disappointed if I went to the theater and paid $15 to see it. But on a streaming Agreed. service, it was I mean, it, it was good for a streaming a streaming service movie. And, you know, I think all of us like Andy Samberg. And oh, yeah. uh, I didn't really know any of the other active actors except for the obvious, um, J.K. Simmons. But... Uh, the legend. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel like it was two hours of my life wasted or anything. It was a little... The, the way the time loop is broken, I thought was a little stupid. But... Um, yeah. But if that's a spoiler, I don't know. The fact that they broke the time loop at some point. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was fine. All the actors were good. It was it was enjoyable. So I appreciate the recommendation. Yeah, it was definitely cute. If you have Hulu, I think it's it's worth checking it out. Especially since there's so many, there's so, so few new movies. I think it's definitely worth watching if you've already got Hulu. Um, I will say, you know, no, not giving anything away, but I think it could have, it should have ended like a scene earlier. I think that would have been a much stronger ending than what we got, but you know, the three of us can talk about that if we want to off offline, but um, <laughs> you know, good. It, it's Stay cute. tuned for our full Palm Springs spoiler review. <laughs> our spoiler cast. Uh, it was cute though. I, I liked them both. I, I thought they were good together. I thought they had chemistry and played off each other well. And I don't know how she doesn't get more work. I like her a lot. So um, hopefully this, this gets her a little more noticed maybe. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we take our break? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, then we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we will be discussing 1995's Judge Dredd movie. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. And we are back. We are back to talk Judge Dredd. It's 25th anniversary was this summer. Uh, it was actually over uh, basically um, the end of June. June 30th is when it came out in 1995. A little information on it. Budget of about $85 million, brought in $113.5 million worldwide, which is not a bomb or, or failure necessarily, but it is less than what Demolition Man, which we reviewed a little while back, uh, brought in at almost 160 two years earlier. And there's a lot of stylistic similarities between the two. It's also significantly more than what the uh, Dread, Judge Dread, or the Dread movie that came out much later uh, it did much better than that movie as well. That is true. That's that's a very fair. It was like point. forty nine million budget and forty six million take you know uh, gross, if I remember right, for the original or for the remake Dread. So. Yes, I was uh, I was gonna pull that up. Yeah, so that's Carl Urban's Judge Dread. It's just Dread, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, which came out in twenty twelve. It made forty one point four million worldwide, uh, which barely beats just the domestic run of of Stallone's Judge Dredd. Uh, that movie had a $45 million budget, though, so half the budget, you know, in 2012, uh, to be fair. Uh, so the scope of that film is obviously a lot smaller. It's kind of hard to compare the two films uh, a whole lot just because the stories are so wildly different from each other. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the film stars... Sylvester Stallone, you would also know that because his name is basically the size of the title um, on any of the the marketing materials. Um, Rob Schneider shows up. This is our third Rob Schneider film of 2020, <laughs> which is it's truly a year of an apocalypse. <laughs> it's funny because I don't think that in our previous episodes he shows up once. No, we have <laughs> never talked to Rob Schneider before. Is it my fault because I because uh, I started it with Surf Ninjas, right? Did, and then yeah. I went to Demolition Man, and then this, yeah. So it is you funny. Can blame like, me. We had over two hundred episodes without Rob Schneider, and then in the last fourteen, we see him three times. Uh, I asked you in person. I'm going to ask on the podcast. Was it a requirement for Rob Schneider to be in every '90s Stallone movie? So, so here's what happened. Uh, this role was supposed to go to Joe Pesci. What the fuck? And, and he turned it down. So Stallone straight up on his own went to Rob Schneider and asked him to be in the movie because no. of their time together on Demolition Man. <laughs> they made the right decision with Rob um, Schneider, I think. Joe Pesci would have been a much, much different character, not necessarily a better one. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to picture him in that role. And it's hard to know really what, what Pesci said no to because the movie, the script that he was given would have been completely different from what the movie ends up being uh, because there was a lot, there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff here. So, you know, spoilers and all that for a 25 year old film, but um, 
while it is technically based on the comic book of the same name, there's very little in here that is dread. Uh, you know, there's some stylistic stuff as far as like the way he looks that is obviously um, from the comics, but Stallone and Danny Cannon, who, who directed this uh, did not see eye to eye like at all in this movie. Um, Danny wanted it to be closer to the comics, grittier, darker, um, you know, a, a more serious kind of, of thing where Stallone thought it was supposed to be an action comedy and continued to push the film in that direction. And I think it's pretty clear that Stallone got his way more often than not um, as far as, as story points and, and things of that nature. Um, there's, I mean, it's, it's hard, right? Because so the character of Rico uh, who is played by Armando Sante was supposed to be Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken turned down the role. So imagine this movie now. Stallone was always the guy, but now you've got Christopher Walken and Joe Pesci. That's a pretty different movie. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, Ryan, you've seen this before, before mm -hmm. this week, right? Yep. Okay. And Ray, you had never seen it. Yes. Okay. It was a better time. Ryan, when was the last time you had seen it? Probably 1995. <laughs> or shortly thereafter, 96, maybe. Sure. Uh, okay. So... I thought I was done with it forever. I'm, I'm going to ask you each a question. Ryan, was it better or worse than you remembered? I remembered it being pretty bad. I'd say probably about the same. Maybe worse now because I'm a critic as a, as a uh, secondary hobby. So that you know, a lot more stuff stood out to me as an adult, specific things. But I think I enjoyed it equally as much, which is to say not at all. Oh, okay. Or very little. Okay. How about that? There were there were redeeming things, but they were few and far between. Okay. Uh, Ray, first thoughts, first impressions as the only one on here who really has a, a fresh set of eyes on it. Okay. So first and foremost, I noticed in the credits that Gianni Versace design the specific dread uniform and the costumes throughout the whole thing were impressive as hell like i got since my hobby is you know critiquing but also costume making i was impressed that like every stitch was beautiful um the movie is not good no <laughs> No, it's not. It's not a good film. However, it, I don't, I can see where people get their enjoyment from it. It's not for me. It's really not like, it's not even one of those, like, this is so bad. It's great. Like Demolition Man was for me, but uh, it, no, I just, so to go back and address Rachel's first points about the costumes, the only thing impressive about the costumes for me <laughs> was like the shoulder pieces. Literally everything else was like a V-neck and like spandex pants. Other than like maybe some knee pads and like arm pads. You don't like the spandex? Helmets, it's fine, but it just didn't suit the rest of the aesthetic. You know what I mean? These guys are supposed to, like, he talks about, he goes through all their equipment, and he's like, you bulletproof armor. It's going to keep you safe on the streets. And it's like, 
he, your bulletproof armor covers like your nipples and above and but not the center section where your heart is right that would be too much um so everything else is just spandex so and and right in like one of the first scenes a judge gets shot right through the chest and dies so i mean it just doesn't this is one of those parts where it's easy for me to compare the 2012 ju- dread to this one because that one they at least had ar- like it looked like armor right like i could believe that this would stop a bullet if stallone's shoulder gets shot then i think he'll be good to go but other than that and i thought the helmets were pretty weak sauce too they were more like 80s helmets than 90s helmets you think so if that makes any sense like stylistically they felt more like an 80s costume actually now that i think about it, most of the costume felt more like an 80s costume than a 90s costume to me i wonder um, if that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing except for the fact that the movie came out in 95 right if it come out earlier then that would probably be more impressive to me but i was not impressed with most of the costumes unfortunately i wonder if any of the datedness to it is because like they had planned to make this movie back in the 80s with harrison ford and it just never got off the ground um a lot of people blame robocop i'm not sure that i buy that but um maybe these were design choices that were made long ago by the studio i don't know it's possible yeah i, I mean i don't know just a possible yeah I guess uh, another interesting thing of note that I think kind of falls in line with some of what Ray was saying, the score is done by Alan Silvestri, who's done some of the most iconic scores that people know, most notably Back to the Future. And I've seen this movie a lot. I can't ever remember the score to this film. And that says a lot, I think, that it just gets completely faded into the background, that he couldn't even put together something really memorable uh, to fill in the film um he wasn't the first choice he wasn't even the second choice uh to to do this which is also kind of surprising giving his his notoriety notoriety but uh but there you have it um i think to that point that's a lot of the problem with the film right is that uh you know you get these big names but nothing from it is really memorable um you know sylvester stallone i know you love him derek and i love him for a lot of things too and maybe not as much as you but um he was awkward in this movie the his acting was bad like straight up there was it was not good um i don't know if you guys agree with me on that but a lot of rotten tomatoes did because i went and looked at it after i watched this movie to make sure i wasn't alone um and and some of it was probably the writing but like there the his acting was very poor in fact acting from most people in this movie was very poor um, the only person for me that stood out as a good performance was uh, the villain, Rico. Uh, yeah, I think he was great. He killed it. He was sufficiently crazy to where, uh, you know, as a villain, he was believable and somewhat relatable. Um, not as good as Killmonger, but along the same lines, right? Like he's, he's, he's trying to be family with his brother and, you know, it's an evil way of doing it but you know he's the only family that he has you find out and you know i don't know he was the best part of the movie for me in terms of uh acting but yeah i thought stallone was real bad and rob schneider he wasn't bad but he was just very rob schneider and it seemed out yeah. of place in this movie you know it was a hundred percent rob schneider it should have been dialed the down whole a time. little bit yeah yeah no, I'm definitely, I'm definitely with you there. And I mean, Rotten Tomatoes, just for people who, who may not know, the, t- the uh, critic tomato meter is 19% and the audience score is 30%, which keeps those pretty in line with each other. 
Um, yeah, that's not really good from either one. <laughs> no, and I, I honestly think that uh, I, I think the tone is is all over the place with this movie, and I think that's part of the problem because again, Stallone was trying to make an action comedy, right? But they were also but they were trying to make a serious, uh, heavy action film, and I think they cut it to be more of a serious action film. Um, but Stallone's not playing it that way. And so it just never gels quite right. And um, it's hard, it's hard to do like Stallone wanted to be the stoic, quiet, non-emotional guy. Right. And it's hard to carry a movie that way, unless you're like a really good actor. And I love Stallone. I, I do. And his original uh, Rocky, the very first film I think is outstanding and he does an amazing job and he's done some great stuff in his more serious roles that you don't see very often, but this is just not the right way to carry this kind of film. And I mean, they had talked about having Schwarzenegger do it. I, maybe he would have been better. I don't know. Um, Ray, what do you think? About which part? Um, any, about Schwarzenegger any, any and some of the acting and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Or Schwarzenegger, Stallone. So, <laughs> so I got to say, the brother thing really bothers me. Like, why are they so obsessed with being brothers all of a sudden when, you know, Stallone found out about him 30 seconds prior and he's like, oh my God, I have a brother? Like, no, you don't. You have a genetic clone. Like you, you have, like, that's, that's not what a brother is exactly, but okay, let's go with this now. So all of a sudden I'm supposed to feel sympathetic for these two very flawed characters <laughs> and it, like give give two shits. I, I think they could have done better if that's the angle they wanted to go with. I never feel sympathetic for Rico ever. I'm guessing there's another version of this film where the brother angle is, I think it would have been more successful if they had played up the family brother thing, like from the very beginning. If they would have shown even in like an opening montage kind of thing, how close those two were in the Academy, I would have felt really bad and had more sympathy for what actually happened to both of them but that's not the case that's not what happens like it, he says that he had to judge his only friend and i don't care and maybe yeah. that's like because he doesn't have any emotions or anything but it it just wasn't played well it wasn't played for the emotion they were trying to get yeah, I think to, to that, that's a big point, problem I have with this movie, too, is that it's like they told Stallone, okay, I just need you to act like RoboCop once he's like the RoboCop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't be emotional, nothing. And and when you're trying to have a hero in a movie, uh, you have there has to be some connection, right, with the audience or else it won't resonate. It, it either has to, like, if he's completely not human, no emotions, you know, doesn't feel anything. There's no connection there. And I didn't give a shit about anything that happened to him because there, what, why? I mean, he's not, he might as well not even be human. Right. I mean, he, he he's, it's funny because whenever he takes his helmet off and like, there's a really big focus on his eyes. I don't know if you guys noticed that, yeah. but like his eyes were mm -hmm. very prominent and he always looked like he was about to cry. Well, I mean, his eyes were just very wet. I think it was the contacts. Yeah, absolutely. It was the contacts. The contacts were so distracting. And uh, they put him in Rico too. And they just weren't, first of all, like it was the early 90s. Costume contacts were thick pieces of plastic with 
ink on them and they haven't really improved but at least now doctors are involved in creating them so they're a bit better but like they probably destroy their vision and their corneas for a few weeks to be completely honest like there's no way they could have acted normally through those which I think is why they were completely like yelling and shouting a lot of the times (laughs) with their lines to distract you from the fact that they're on the verge of tears yeah that's fair and i mean to to some of the points that you guys are making about like the brother sister brother sister excuse me the brother (laughs) relationship um i I think this is just a short movie it's only 96 minutes the whole thing and you know if they had spent another 20 minutes 15 minutes 10 minutes with some type of background showing like you said ray with like some flashbacks or a montage or something would have helped a huge deal because but all we have is that picture of them yeah. holding hands and who cares about that like how many times have you guys had to shake hands with somebody that you don't know or you're not a huge fan of or something like it just I can't remember the last time i shook hands now because of covid so right right of course <laughs> no i mean like i i understood what they were going for but i just think there's no punch behind it because there's just nothing on screen we don't know these characters most people who saw the movie didn't know these characters so there's no reason to feel invested and they needed more of that i think this if this movie had been two hours i think it might have been a lot better yeah. everything's very rushed you know um a lot of times having like that, that opening narration that has to explain the world in text format isn't a great way to do it. I know Star Wars is very famous for it, and maybe they're the exception to the rule. Um, At least they had the, the best narrator for it. That's true. That's true, yeah. You know, if yeah. you need a narrator, boom. <laughs> Get there the are, best one. Yeah. Uh, but like the long walk is, is just kind of glossed over. It's not really talked about in any level of detail that makes sense. You know, um, like it's literally just send the old man out with a gun and a book and that's it. No, no supplies, no food. Like they're going to be dead in a week. Maybe, maybe less. Um, I think that's a huge problem that I have with the movie as well, because at no point do I believe that uh, Dread is in any kind of danger. Like when he's convicted, nope, he's fine. He'll get back. When, when the guy has a knife on the plane, it's like, oh yeah, yeah I'm sure he's going to just stab him in the neck. But no, he like does this thing where he's like, hey, I'm going to get back at you, Dread. And then mm-hmm. a plane crash happens. Yeah, it's, I And then he's agree. captured by cannibals. And then like, it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And I, I think that's the difference between, that's the biggest difference I noticed between the old dread and the new dread the new dread is very much like carl urban you know could die at any point because yeah this is some serious stuff so and you don't believe that when you see this dread and maybe that's just because at that point stallone was huge and he had in his contract certain amount of close-ups that he required and he had the whether or not he could win or lose a fight and so maybe that uh that just wasn't a thing i don't know i mean i would have believed that carl urban's dread you know would it could die later in the film but in the first half hour i'm not thinking the hero of the movie is gonna die in either oh, right. film right that's you fair. know i mean i think that's just unfortunately the nature of the movie right the movie is called judge dread you're not gonna kill him off in the first act but 
Um, but I agree with you though. Like it's got the same problem that World War Z has, where there's a plane crash and the only person in this case two people to survive are the main characters <laughs> nobody yeah. else survives except well i guess the the pilot survives and they shoot the pilot i'm, I'm sorry um dread this this version for me felt like uh sylvester stallone just wanted to like watch it and masturbate how cool he was the whole time because it was like he had he when he was super stoic he did the coolest shit right like cool action movie stuff and then had a cheesy shitty line after every single thing he did i'm swear half of his dialogue was just crappy one-liners like really bad ones he had so many because they were hoping one would catch on like one of arnold's um, yeah i mean i think that that's a fair it, but it, it was so distracting it's like what stupid cheesy line is he going to say after the next thing and and now that you brought up that they wanted two different movies derek it definitely feels like the editor was making a different movie and the director were making a different movie than what, what uh, Sylvester Stallone was making. Well, it's even worse than that because uh, so Danny Cannon was not allowed on set during reshoots. So somebody else took care of all of the reshoots. They just weeded it. You know, um, and I, mean, I don't know Damn, what percentage of the film is reshoots. I, I have no idea. Right. But like this movie is just marred with very cliche studio problems you know um and i think that it's kind of miraculous that it came together as well as it ended up <laughs> coming together given all the behind the scenes stuff um but it's pretty bad i mean i yeah i feel like everybody was making a different movie at the same time and it's just... disappointing too because you know one of the one of the biggest things that, that disappointed me about this movie watching it as an adult and having seen the movies that have come out since it has was that it there was the skeleton there for a really cool sci-fi movie i mean a lot of the stuff uh the world building and things like that felt very much like fifth element to me which is one of my favorite world building movies yeah um, i agree with that even though it did never get a sequel but a lot of the stuff felt like they they had the ability to make a really cool world and something that you really cared about things that happened in it all the skeleton was there but then everything you got was just crap inside of it and like the practical effects and maybe that's where some of it comes from is that the practical effects in this movie are really really good um in the fifth elements practical effects are really really good um and so i think that lends itself to world building this felt like uh it, blade runner pre level practical effects almost um and world building it's, it it was not as well executed as blade runner obviously um but like the robot that oh. the dude has it was really great so you good. know yeah. uh and, and the um stuff with the cannibal robot guy mm -hmm. with the knob on his head uh that was all really cool like he looked really good he, like if that came out today i would be like okay they did a great job with that you know you, the seams were not there weren't seams everywhere and like it didn't look like a bad movie the budget was really big and you could tell uh it showed you know it wasn't like an all cocaine budget it was like mm -hmm. a they actually used it for the movie um so that was the disappointment for me it's just that there was everything was there to do a really really cool movie and they missed the mark so i was gonna bring up the practical effects i was curious if you felt that way because yeah I, I think that a lot of it still holds up pretty well the robot in particular is great um and originally they wanted a guy in a suit and danny pushed for them to have it actually be, be a hydraulic robot took five people to control and i think that it shows i think that you can watch that now and it still looks good um, my only problem with the robot is like 
if he didn't have guns, he would not be scary at all because he wow. moves so slow. Yeah, and like, yeah. like when an arm swings, you have 10 minutes to get out of the way, but <laughs> it is like the way it moves and everything is really cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and, and mean, the, uh, the, the cyborg guy, I mean, I, that I always thought looked creepy as hell. And I think that it still looks creepy as hell. I loved his spine and everything. It all looked really cool. And where the um, metal meets the skin. I just think it looks really professional it looks really solid it's kind of slimy and shiny you know the skin's like kind of gross and it's just it it meets up with the metal well it just yeah i think that that still holds up um some of the vehicles are cool they're not as good as as blade runner but uh i think they're a good attempt um at, at making practical vehicles um some of the matte paintings type things i still think look decent they're not amazing for 1995 but um trying to get the scope of such a large city is not an easy undertaking um you know it's supposed to be like what are they how many million 65 million people i think they said per city yeah part of the reason or part of the thing i liked about the world building is they did a really good job of showing the overpopulation and you know these riots that are happening um the and there was another term for them too but uh civil civil unrest no it was there it was something in the movie it was like block something or Uh, i can't remember what it was but um they did a really good job of showing what happens you know when you get so many people in such a small space um with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, and that they just didn't have the police force to deal with it. Uh, so I, like that part of the world building was really good. Um, and again, that's why I'm so disappointed, mm-hmm. um, in what it could have been. Cause that could have been like the fifth element, but five years earlier, which for all of us, despite the problems with the director and everything, that's one of the best sci-fi movies mm-hmm. to come out of the nineties for sure. Maybe the best sci-fi movie to come out of the nineties uh-huh. and, uh, you know, one of the best ever. Yeah. So no, I'm totally with you there. Did anybody um, else think that it would be that the, the whole like plot would have been resolved a lot easier uh, if they had just not like, or if they just had like the gun thing on every gun instead of just the lawgivers? Yep. <laughs> like, you know, all the times <laughs> when somebody just picks up another random rifle and starts shooting people with it, all that would be done. There would be none of that. The, the whole movie would have been 20 minutes long if they just put that technology on everything. I mean, there, there's some big story issues. Yeah. Right. Uh, first and foremost is the fact that Rico is alive and somehow enough people notice to give him a Magneto style prison, but also not enough people notice for anybody to bring up that it was a possibility that he was involved. 
Uh, what were the triggers on those auto turrets, right? Like what had to happen for the auto turrets to shoot somebody? So I have a theory and it's very loose because I'm not, I don't think it holds up well. But so just, but just to be clear, there was nothing in the movie that would signify that there's any kind of good parameters for these auto turrets. There's the voice print. I think it only recognizes certain voices. And since it, it didn't, when he got shot in the throat, it didn't sound like him anymore. And it didn't sound like Rico. They, the guns assumed it was a third intruder. So the auto turrets really are only good if somebody doesn't break your voice box. Is they're not meant to like automatically start shooting somebody if they, if a prisoner starts shooting, you know, or attacks somebody. I'm sure if Rico walked too far outside of his little sphere, his little cylinder, they would fire. But That's they did. Assumption. He did walk out of that and they didn't shoot. Yeah, he went under the bridge. Yeah, yeah, that's where it falls apart. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of huge plot holes like that, and it's whatever. I could I just, have forgiven those if it was a better movie. I just don't understand how you can hide the existence of this type of person when it when he requires such a unique cell, and probably a lot of money to maintain that kind of security. And I mean, there was what there was like three judges outside the door. Ray, what about you? Are there any big plot holes that you specifically oh, don't care for? I don't I don't think so, actually, because it's a weird odyssey kind of film and none of it really makes sense together. Like for me, the Cursed Earth part felt like a completely different movie than the white walker clone things at the end <laughs> and like the chase scene felt different than the even the beginning um my my biggest thing is that like a movie that has so many different parts like that can be connected with better acting and the best actor in this film for me was Diane Lane. She was good, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I truly appreciate that she was not overly sexualized at any point. They easily could have done that with her. But why did they have to make her a love interest? Like, can't you? Just... Uh, yeah, I didn't think that was really necessary. And I am a sucker for a good romance story in any kind of film, but this wasn't good but who would be attracted to dread or to, you know what i mean like other well, than physically i actually think and maybe i'll get hate for this because it's an action movie whatever i actually think that stallone and schneider had better romantic chemistry throughout the film i know that's silly but it's true like <laughs> You're not wrong. He, like Schneider is a total damsel and Stallone keeps saving him throughout the whole thing. Like by the end, just kiss already. Like I would have been way more okay with that ending than the, the forced <laughs> so uh, kiss right. that we got. It was a bit forced. And I don't, I don't usually think that like, I'm not the person who's like, Oh, the romance was forced. No, this was forced. She was, a really good judge and she had been learning from dread and following him and now all of a sudden she's just the the love interest when you know she had been kicking a lot of ass and had saved his ass a few times so that was Three pretty times. impressive that fight scene was really bad by the way between her and the other chick yes oh yes God. it was i mean so the one horrible. between 
Dread and Rico is not oh, much okay, better. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. the Demolition <laughs> Man fight was way better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course, Wesley Snipes is an actual martial artist, so you know, yeah, I have that advantage. But um, so, like, so here, speaking of of like the love interest and, and things like that, there's a point that this movie attempts to make for like a minute and a half and then completely forgets about it. And that's this idea that the law doesn't always get it right. Right. That's Rob Schneider's entire character is there to be along this entire time saying that it can't be this inflexible. It has to take situations into context. You can't just be a machine. Right. And that's and the- Hershey's character you know, uh, Diane Lane, she was like, aren't there extenuating circumstances, which exactly. I completely appreciated. So you take your, your, your pinnacle judge, right. And you show to him that it can be wrong. People can be framed. People can be taken out of context. People can be over punished. Does he learn anything by the end of this movie? Is there any sense to you, the way he leaves at the end of the movie, that he's going to be any more lenient or understanding? Nope. The next no. time he comes across somebody. Because he's RoboCop. He doesn't learn. He just yeah. continues doing his duty. Dredd doesn't learn any lessons whatsoever. He's not a better person at the end. He's not a better judge. He's just back to being like the judge and potentially, you know, the senior member of the council. Well, he's going to hook up with Hershey. I mean, that's. that's oh, well, happen. yeah. He declines being the senior member of the council. He does. So that's not, that's not, he's no, still no more of a character than he was at the beginning. Well, and what's, what's concerning there is like, that's just, that's also very short sighted on his part because he's the most senior person left. So who's going to take over the council now? People that are less experienced than him. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, he should at least be there in some capacity. And then you have Rob Schneider who got injured, you know, kind of saving the day. Is he going to finish out his five years in prison or is he getting pardoned? What do you think happens with Rob Schneider? He goes uh, on to be in another Stallone movie. No, another Adam Sandler movie, probably. That's where his this career is- shifted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is there one that has Sylvester Stallone, Adam Sandler, and Rob Schneider? Because that would probably be our next to review. Not oh, to my, not to so my that knowledge. We could start transitioning. If that was going to happen, I think it would have been like the longest yard or something like That's that. That's true. Yeah, it probably would have been. You know, um, but yeah. So like, I mean, everything's just kind of left. Like the movie just ends, right? Yeah. And you're basically you have no idea what's going to happen with Schneider's character or the council. You you assume Dread has learned nothing, and so the next day it's as if the movie basically never happened. And I think that's the, I think for me that's the biggest problem that this movie has pretty big consequences. The entire council is killed. Every single one of them is dead by the end of this movie. And this massive conspiracy has been torn wide open, showing all of this corruption and all of these issues with the way the law is enforced. And then end of movie, no, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. That's no my lessons own. learned, nothing. That's Nobody where the is, movie loses yeah. me. That's where the movie loses you? Because otherwise, I just think of it as like as as candy. It's just it's eye candy. It's fun props and fun action sequences, and you know I enjoyed it as a kid, and so it's just it's a guilty pleasure for me. I mean, I don't know. I'm glad that it worked for you. Some of that stuff, but like, uh, I don't want to see an action sequence where the the star is completely infallible and that nothing challenges him. Well, that's not true. He almost dies. Rico almost throws him off the Statue of Liberty. Come on. Yeah. 
yeah, there was no question that he was gonna, you know, he was de- he was gonna die right there. We all thought. But come on, I mean, but that's the same with with any of of like that's the same with Demolition Man. Did you ever think he was going to not win? Well, I mean, just by the nature of the hero, I'm I'm saying that like everything he dispatches everything basically up until that Rico fight very easily, no challenge yeah. for him at all, and that's where I where it falls apart for me. And then if the Rico scene had been cooler you know, that I would have been more okay with that, him, him having that a challenge from his clone, but everybody else is just so bad or he's so good that there's nothing challenging to him. And I don't want to see an action scene like that. And Jackie Chan, whenever he does an action scene in a lot of his movies, he gets his ass kicked like a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need it to be like that, but I need to see that there, this person has some weakness of some kind, right? They need to be a human. Something that I think both Dread movies, at least for me, does that I don't care for is this idea that Dread is this amazing, iconic, mythological being, but we never really get to see the why. Like they're already there. In the 2012. Oh, you mean you don't get to see the lead up? Yeah, yeah, like they're already at that point. And I'm, I don't, I don't know. I, it's harder for me to to care at that point like if you're already on that level he's already the greatest ever then yeah these little peon stormtrooper guys are gonna get knocked away really easily and i'm not really gonna care and you know he's gonna have to fight the big bad guy at some point i mean i think that it would have been cool if he fought the robot at some point that could have been a cool scene uh, but they didn't go that route um, I, I think I, you are right but i do think this 2012 movie did a better job at showing that he could be overpowered you know, earlier on in the movie, it shows that this this drug gives people an advantage over him, and yeah. that that's a that's an advantage that they have throughout the whole movie because the whole spoilers for dread, I guess, but throughout the whole movie, they're in this one building mm-hmm. where that drug is being manufactured and sold. So a lot of people have that drug, and they have an advantage over him. So you know that that movie I thought handled it better, and this movie had nothing like that. I don't think we're debating which movie is better. Yeah. I think we would all agree, but um, yeah, that was, that was a big part of the problem for me. And I think, you know, in demolition, man, if you're making that comparison, his, his whole thing there was he wasn't the, the best at everything because he's totally fish out of water in this world. Right. So everything is new to him. He doesn't know everything. Um, so I think there was some weakness shown there, which is good. That's fair. You know, there was the technology that he didn't know that was always going to be beating him. In this Mm -hmm. movie, there was nothing. He knew everything about everything. He's more humanized. In Demolition Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ray, what do you you think? Well, I was kind of thinking that the points of the two movies are completely different. You know, Demolition Man, he's supposed to be there to figure out a way to you know stop snipes character but he's also there to bring some you know 20th century joy back to their life like physical sex (laughs) so i i don't think he needs to be fallible or infallible because the point is that he's there to teach them a lesson about the past and they're there to teach him about this new more utopian future and how things can be peaceful so it's all about each other or learning from each other during a really fun action movie whereas this one it makes no sense for him to go through all this stuff if he doesn't come out the other side 
at least a changed person. He doesn't necessarily have to be better, but changed. Otherwise, what's with all the trials that he has to go through? Yeah. And the only thing that changes is he's like, yeah, I'll make out with somebody. Exactly. Yeah. That, in front of the whole, in front of the whole uh, group of judges, there. <laughs> it's apparently, interdepartment romance is okay with uh, judges, as long right. as they're both judges. If he was on the council, then maybe he couldn't do it. They're not allowed <laughs> to retire normally and go back to normal life, but they are. You know, it's cool to just hook up with each other. Totally different. That's yeah. I do like the fact that in both dread movies, the female uh, co-star is has her is capable in her own right she's mm-hmm. not like a damsel like you said rachel if anything rob schneider is the damsel in this movie mm-hmm. but um you know that's one thing i think that both movies did well diane lane's character was uh, completely capable and she was shown to be very smart a great basically a lawyer um you know and th- i thought that was really great so yeah. female characters in the 90s did not get a lot of love and so uh you know that was a nice surprise if anything, she was significantly more interesting than Stallone's character. So, yeah, I mean, speaking of the pacing, like that that uh, court scene is so freaking fast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could have at least slowed that down a couple of minutes to make it seem more emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. have like some witnesses, like some character witnesses. But or we something. already didn't care. Yeah, if you had character witnesses, that would help. But we already didn't care about him going into the trial. So if so you make know, me care about him then, you know, yeah. bring on like, you know, any partner he ever worked with or somebody that he saved or something, you know, to make me feel like he is a good person and not just the robot that we're all led to believe that he is. Right. Yeah. RoboCop. You know, and like, that's, that's the problem, right? Like this movie, a lot, like for better or worse, a lot happens in the movie in a very short time frame. Yep. And just no, very little of it is is. And you're out. supposed to care about a lot of it when there's no context to care about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I care more for the cursed Earth people who had to resort to cannibalism because there's literally nothing out there for them to eat. Yeah, seeing a roasted body that they were going to eat. Messed I mean, up. that was pretty dark. That right there is a big part of like where you can see the differences in the movies because that's not a comedy thing. You don't show a person that's been like cooked like a like a roasted pig mm-hmm. in a comedy. Yeah. I mean, no, absolutely. Um, but then that, so that that scene like visually is great. Like the 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 set and everything is is great. But there's a logistical problem, and it has to do with. So Schneider tries to, you know, pretend to be like one of them, right? So he can get away and everything. And Dredd tells him that that was a mistake because his new friends are cannibals. Does that imply that because Stallone's not one of them, they're not going to eat him? Yeah. I mean, I I think at that point, he he just knew that his hands were going to be coming out of that binding and he was going to be able to take care of it. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, he said said stupid shit the whole time so he just was biding time and he right exactly gotcha okay that 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 it's a bit of a reach but yeah um fair enough uh i mean anything else i think it's at least a better use of the statue of liberty than x-men but (laughs) not much Uh, I, I, I like right at the beginning as soon as the the uh, like opening credits started i was like oh this is gonna be bad just because they wanted you to know it's a comic book movie so bad that like half of the opening credits are just dread comics opening up but the movie then is not based on the comics barely at all other than name so 
Yeah. <laughs> so if I, you have to go that far to show that this is a comic book movie, I mean, come on. It's like they were making excuses for this being a bad movie from the very beginning to set your expectations. I mentioned it to Ray. I was like, I wonder if this is where Marvel got the idea for their little comic booky opening. But that was like a two using. second thing, right? Like that was just their logo show. It's, it's still funny. This <laughs> is like a, a full thing. I don't know. I think it's because a lot of people didn't know who Judge Dredd was. But does it does it matter? Did that make you um, know who he well, is now? It, well, sort of, because this this movie had a couple of things. So I was going to bring these up as like fun facts, but might as well just do it now. So this movie. Uh, did two things that were kind of kind of unique. First, it had specific tie-in comic books, which was not a common thing at the time. Um, and so they wanted people to know that it was based on comics, so they would go buy the tie-in comics. And it was the first movie ever to release simultaneously with a video game based on it. So they were very heavy into like the tie-in marketing for the other stuff. Not saying that that was the right way to go but that's the reasoning behind it is they wanted people to see the movie go by the comics go by the video game just like everything else in the 90s so i mean it kicked off what now is a pretty big well at least was a pretty big norm where you'd have these movies and there'd be shitty video game adaptations of them and now every i mean every comic book movie has com as a uh, comic book tie-ins star trek has comic book tie-ins i mean that's just the norm now but back then it was a, a more rare thing um, final thoughts, Ray. It was, I've said all I need to say. I don't really have any final thoughts. You know, I, I am not as eloquent as Jerry Springer at this time. So, uh, <laughs> that's wow. that, nice yeah. Jerry Springer reference. Yeah. Right. Like it's very rare that those things happen. So there you go. That's it. It was okay. a movie. It was I feel like, yeah. I need to come up with something. I've watched terrible movies this year for both of you. Hey, this not is not yet. the Wait worst movie Suburban Commando. that we've watched. Subur yeah, Suburban Commando. I mean, Once you watch that, then then you can be mad at us. But until then... <laughs> I don't know. I've watched Howard the Duck, The Last Dragon, Surf Ninjas. Like, I just... Uh, are you telling me The Last Dragon was bad? I mean, Surf Ninjas, <laughs> I can like forgive a little bit. But Enter the Dragon, or Enter the Dragon, The Last <laughs> Dragon, I mean, it has a pretty huge cult following. So wait, I have a very important question for both of you. Which movie is better, Judge Dredd or Howard the Duck? Oh my god, guys, it's time to go. I can't I, answer that. I'm at Siren Ray. <laughs> oh, come on. No, wait. Ryan, what are your final thoughts on Dredd? Right, Judge Dredd, excuse me. I'm glad I never have to watch it again, and I think I'm going to go watch the 2012 Dredd to cleanse my palate. Fair enough. Did you, uh, real quick, did either of you ever see the, the 2012 Dread in 3D or did you see it in 2D? No, 2D. 2D. I actually didn't see it in theaters. Nobody did. That's why it didn't make any money. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just curious. I, I only saw it in 2D as well, but apparently the 3D was supposed to be really good and I, I did not see that. Did they ever recently release a 3D like DVD of it through a 3D Blu-ray? I am not sure. I, I would buy that for PlayStation VR if they, uh, if they offered it. That would be fucking cool. It's a good, it's a good thought. I'll have to check yeah um my final thoughts are that it's silly ridiculous um the props are really good I, I always thought the gun was neat as a concept um and i've considered cosplaying this this a few times because i think it'd be easy enough to make so but you know brian's not happy about it so oh, i didn't realize you were into spandex that much just for you 
the, I'm going to say that for my body type, I, I would not do this. Oh, I'm not. No, 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 no. I would no, do no. the 2012 version no, because no, no, no. it's much more forgiving for I a body have, type like mine. I would have to lose a lot of weight before I'm putting myself in that. I, I, view, you know, listeners may not know this, but I don't really look a lot like Stallone. I mean, so. I picture you when I just hear your voice as Stallone, basically. <laughs> Similar jawline. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's going to be it for us. Next week, however, we are reviewing a great movie, one that I'm sure all three of us are excited to talk about. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, 10th anniversary review. Have we not reviewed that before? I feel like we've talked about it on the show before. Uh, they did a, the Alamo did a showing a while back. Maybe we just randomly talked about it a little bit. I don't know. Well, I know uh, there, we did an episode about music themed movie or mm. musical themes in movies or something like that, and or best soundtracks or something. In that movie, we talked about a good amount during that one. So maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Do you remember, Ray? We have never officially done a full Scott Pilgrim episode before. Uh, but it, since it is one of all three of our favorite movies, it gets brought up a lot and it's made a lot of our top lists in movie or in the podcast. So it's, uh, this is going to be a more dedicated podcast, obviously, but you pretty much get that. We all love this film. If you've listened to us, yeah, it's basically going to be a giant Scott Pilgrim circle jerk. Yep. And we'll so talk just as yeah. long as you're prepared for that. Right. Edgar, we'll talk about Edgar Wright. We'll talk about a lot of the cast because there's some like amazing people in this movie that is, I always, it's always a fun reminder who's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing next week. I'm really excited about that. So that'll be good. Uh, Ray, if people want to reach out to you, talk about Scott Pilgrim or how much they dislike judge dread, how can they, uh, how can they find you? I'm at siren Ray on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And Ryan, uh, same. If you want to talk to me about how much you hate Judge Dredd, I welcome it, please. And tag uh, the Star Trek dude in it, too. You can get find me at Buster Props. <laughs> and I am at the Star Trek dude. You can also find me on Gamer Heroes, which is the video game podcast here on the Heroes Podcast Network. And uh, we actually, Ray and a uh, recurring guest and friend of the network, Zach, is going to be joining me, or are they are going to be joining me, starting next week back on red shirts and runabouts which is our star trek podcast we will be reviewing star trek lower decks which is the new animated star trek series coming to cbs all access from the creator of rick and morty so you can join us for that we are of course screen heroes at screen heroes pod on twitter please join our facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash screen heroes we're doing a big massive like 85 film sci-fi movie tournament uh, it's been really interesting so far in some of these lower brackets. It's going to take us a while. So join us, come vote for which sci-fi movie matchups you like. And you can talk to us about other cool movie things and watch our live streams Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 central. And you can chat with us during the show. So thank you to those who did. We had a couple of people in chat. Thank you for that. We'll catch you guys next week.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.